Hello, I am David Klajman from Fidelis. In partnership with IFA, the European Fundraising Association, welcome to the European Fundraising Podcast, a show where we discuss with some of our best European fundraisers how non-profit organizations can build long-term and deeper relationships with their donors. I receive today Eugenia Mazurenko, the CEO of the Zagori Foundation. The Zagori Foundation is an Ukrainian organization that is conducting non-profit projects, but that has also been structuring philanthropy in Ukraine for many years by building reports or training fundraisers. Eugenia is in a war. She decided to stay in Ukraine because she thinks this is where she will be most useful for Ukrainian people. We will talk about what she does for her foundation in these war times, why local Ukrainian NGOs need to be helped, and how she proposes to organize this help. A very moving and at the same time inspiring person to listen to. So let's listen to Eugenia Mazurenko. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today I am welcoming Eugenia Mazurenko, who is an Ukrainian fundraiser. Uh, she is the CEO of the Zagori Foundation. Hello, Eugenia. Hello. Uh, Eugenia, thanks a lot for uh, accepting my invitation. Uh, this podcast is aimed at fundraisers all year round around Europe uh, and aims at sharing our experiences as European fundraisers. Of course, uh, when speaking to you today, who are currently in a war zone with me uh, comfortably in my office in Paris, it seems really weird for me. But uh, as we will see together today, uh, the goal today is to explain what your foundation is doing now in this war period, uh, to explain what is your job as a fundraiser during a war, and to explain how you think other European NGOs can help you. Uh, so we, just, we are recording this episode on the 8th of April. So, of course, bombings are, are still going on uh, in Ukraine. And, and we just heard this week about the Bucha massacre. Eugenia, we are going to dive into all those topics. Uh, but first, could you present yourself to the listeners of this podcast, please? Oh, David, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, it's very important for me and for Ukrainians to be heard today. Uh, my name is Evgenia and uh, I am from Ukraine. I am from Bucha and I still stay in, in Ukraine, uh, but I was forced to leave uh, my city after spending a couple of nights in a basement with my family and my four-year-old daughter. And uh, thanks to God, we... Yeah, so you actually just to be, to be um, you actually live, you're coming from the city, Bucha, which is now famous yes. in the world. You actually yes. come from the city. Yes, the world might know the Bucha massacre, but uh, I wasn't there, thanks to God. I, I left uh, some days before, but it's quite difficult for me um, when I see roads, when I see bodies of my neighbors, I still like uh, it, it's quite difficult to believe and understand that it's uh, came to my life. And um, like in 2022, my car work was crashed by tank, and this is like unbelievable for me. Yeah. And um, the whole my life changed immediately. And uh, we are staying in Ukraine with the whole of my family. We are on, a, on the western part uh, of Ukraine in a small village called Poliana. And it's quite a uh, relatively safe place. But frankly speaking, there is no safety corner in Ukraine, in yeah. Ukraine today. And uh, bombs are still shelling. And even two hours ago... Uh, the train station in Kramatorsk uh, was attacked and there are more than 30 people uh, were killed and uh, more than 100 people injured. And while I'm talking with you, my people are dying. Yeah. 
and this is it's henocide it's uh, of ukrainian people yeah and uh it's very important to understand for the international community uh that it's not the same as uh, war in yemen or in uh, uh syria because it's not a civil war it's not um uh, inside war of the country it's when the neighbor the russia country like the aggressor in uh, invade did invasion to my country so this is the full scale war as we read in other books about uh, the uh, world war the second so this is came to my life and to my country and uh, uh, mm-hmm. could, could you tell us uh, maybe just just to understand the maybe the situation and how, how when, when it starts uh, Could you tell us what you learned, how you learned that the war had started uh, at the beginning, so um, a month and a half ago? Uh, what was your first reaction? Did you understand mm-hmm. what was happening or, or not? Uh, uh, the war uh, met me at the uh, central railway station in Kiev. It was uh, 5.30 in the morning. I was waiting for the train and uh, I should be a speaker at the big event uh, like uh, on the 25th of uh, uh, February. And my sister uh, called to me at 5.30 and she said, and, and she was crying and screaming and she said, Zhenya, He kills us. I, I heard the bomb shelling near Borispol Airport. And Borispol Airport, it's one of the biggest airports in Ukraine. And uh, I just said to my sister, no, it's not true. It's, uh, it's maybe a nightmare uh, because I could not believe. And then I opened the news, uh, news chat and I could not believe that like other parts of Kiev uh were attacked so i took a taxi and uh went to bucha i came home at six in the morning and my husband was sleeping my daughter was sleeping and i still remember when i tried to wake up my husband and i said vitalik uh the the war started and we even could not Again, we even could not believe that it would be a full-scale war. Like, uh, uh, for the first days, I didn't want to leave uh, my house because this is my land. Uh, I've been living here for 33 years and I don't want to leave. And um, I want to say that my house is still exists. Uh, I know that this, I saw the picture, it's still the walls, but the Russian troops, they looted everything and they crashed cars and uh, looted uh, like our clothes, uh, home equipment, like video cameras, uh, playstations. So they, they took everything. And uh, did, did you think there could be a possibility of war one day or... Uh, or not? Were you prepared, or can 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 every every anyone can be prepared for this, yeah. or, uh, or not? I, yes, I, I was worrying about it. Of course, we we had information uh, from American security services that it could be, but it was hard for me to believe because uh, we have we has uh, like we have guarantee from other countries, and uh, like uh, it, it could. It's not. It could not be happen in, in Europe in 2022, and uh, because we have United Nations, because we know the history, we have uh, lessons learned. But uh, the practice uh, shows us that uh, we should be ready for everything. And yeah. just imagine, you have your ordinary life. You have uh, everyday school for your children, and you have your work, uh, and you build your house, you have your cars and business, and one day it's dis- like it's destroyed, like everything. And you need just to take money, documents, your children, uh, animals, and it's everything you have. And yeah. of course, uh, when the economy is almost destroyed in Ukraine and uh, 50% of our people already lost their jobs, 
and what to do next, how to rebuild uh, the country, how to survive. And uh, there are more than uh, 13 million people who are already IDPs. So I am also IDPs. I am internal displaced person. IDPs means you, you have no home. Yeah, IDPs, what does it mean? Uh, IDPs, it's, uh, so person. I'm not, okay. uh, yes, I uh, displaced internally uh, across my country, but okay. uh, like I, I rent a house, a tiny house for the whole family members. There are 10 family members and 11 animals, and it's quite difficult to find even s- such uh, building. But for example, if you don't have money to rent, uh, or um, like more than four, four millions, million people of Ukraine left Ukraine. It's almost uh, now more more like it's um, women and children because men are prohibited to go because of the new law of mobilization. Oh, yeah. So my husband could could be mobilized um, any time. And just imagine, my husband, he's a businessman and he already lost everything because previously he was dealing with the uh, logistic, logistics. So uh, his business depends on aviation airlines. So yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and uh, so everything is canceled. And uh, he doesn't know how to take weapons, how, how, to, how to protect our country. And this is quite uh, crazy. <laughs> it's quite crazy because it's, you could not plan your life. Yeah, yeah. And once you're in it, it's just impossible to believe, I guess. But um, then uh, you have to, you have to do things. Okay. Alors, uh, um, of course, um, uh, it's going to be weird uh, to have a conversation about something. I mean, uh, not else, but something connected to this. I, I, I want to. To, to, to speak with you today of what mm-hmm. can uh, we do uh, as European, as fundraisers, uh, working in NGOs, what uh, you think can be useful. So, um, so of course, there's everything else happening at the same time, things, horrible things. Um, um, and and, and let, let's, let's, let's try together to, to speak about uh, what can other people do to help you. So, so, um, so you used to be, maybe can you tell us about uh, the, the Zagori Foundation uh, where you, you work for? Uh, uh, can you explain to us what it was doing before the war? And then mm-hmm. we'll see what it is doing now. So first, can you explain mm-hmm. what it was doing before the war? I, I have more than 10 years experience in working uh, in um, NGO sector. And for the last uh, three years, I've been working at uh, Zagori Foundation. Uh, before, I've been working with Danish Refugee Council, Klitschko Foundation, and uh, other international NGOs. Yep. Uh, Zagori Foundation is a family foundation uh, established in 2015. And I'm leading uh, this uh, foundation for the last three years. And it's very important for me uh, and for the whole team to build a capable and transparent organization. Because um, family foundations is something new for Ukraine. Um, because previously um, we had USSR where, where you could not um, took your personal responsibility. And this is personal responsibility should be developed yeah um, so, so at the time of the ussr uh, it was impossible uh, even if people who had a bit more money they could not uh, uh, create a foundation and give their money away uh, it was this is too maybe individualistic uh, so 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 this is very new for ukraine to have a, f- a family foundation Yes, Zagori Foundation, they are owners of one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in Ukraine called Darnica. And uh, seven years ago, they started uh, this foundation and um, the activities uh, was mostly um, as philanthropy on demand. Uh, like 
somebody has a request and uh, this family gave them money. But when three years ago I joined the team, I wanted to show how systematic work uh, will bring uh, the real impact. And for the last three years, um, we, um, like before the war, the foundation priority was to develop a culture of giving in Ukraine because this is the basement. And we can, we were focusing on conducting philanthropy researches and analytics, developing philanthropic community, uh, providing grants to nonprofits and charities, uh, coordinating uh, Giving Tuesday movement in Ukraine. Uh, I think it's a well-known okay. so, uh, movement. Yeah. Yeah, basically, tell me if I understood correctly. When you arrived at the beginning, they, they had project of just helping. Uh, uh, it was a family with uh, uh, money and uh, wanting to help uh, um, in, in different kind of, of field. They started. And when you arrived, yes. you said, okay, there's, 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 we need to process more all this. Uh, it, it's, what we are doing is great, but we can do it at a, at a higher scale. What we need is to... Uh, promote the culture of giving, uh, explain why uh, philanthropy is important, um, uh, find, uh, put figures, uh, you know, do uh, studies on, on, on philanthropy in Ukraine. Well, try to coordinate the philanthropy in yes. Ukraine. You, you, you were doing this, you were doing like a bit what, what EFI is doing in, uh, of course, in, in Europe. Um, you were trying to do this in Ukraine because there was no one doing it before you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, sometimes you, you can uh, think um, that our activities is very similar with activities of uh, some European associations. But uh, if we're capable to do it, and this is the basement for the culture of giving to, um, to raise the uh, trust to organization, to educate organization, to uh, mobilize uh, internal donors, because there are a lot of international donors in Ukraine, but we already have our, our philanthropists and who are, uh, doesn't want to be well-known. So we wanted uh, to develop a culture, like culture of giving, where it's okay uh, to give money and to support and to uh, do awareness about it. Because Ukrainians uh, think that uh, the, the good things should be quiet, not uh, um, like... Yeah, yeah, Do not it, communicate it, about it, it, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. In France, we, we can have the same kind of a, of, of philosophy: is that you have to be to stay. Uh, in, nobody has to know you when you do good, but but doing making people know that you did good is uh, is good to so people have ideas. It it, uh, it inspires other ones. So basically, yes. <laughs> I understand that uh, you were trying to explain, and, and this is all putting a. Yeah, uh, a landscape uh, of philanthropy is all this. It's explaining why you should also explain what you're doing because it makes other people give, etc., etc. This takes time, and this what, just what, sharing what information. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just sharing, sharing information. Yes. Yeah. For example, can, can you give us maybe one, one example of a, a study or what you did, uh, what you were doing, uh, maybe last year that was good to increase the trust in Ukrainian uh, foundation? Just do you have an example? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, first of all, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we conducted researches and those researches gave us uh, analysis. Uh, like it, it's a basement uh, for our educational uh, programs, for our communicational campaigns. And um, after our researches and uh, uh, grant contests, uh, we uh, received a lot of requests on how to do management uh, within uh, charities, how to communicate to partners, how to do reporting. And uh, we received more than uh, 1,000 uh, other questions. And, it is, and this was the basement for the future um, educational program. So uh, last year, we started pilot project, uh, project uh, and it's called uh, Charity Match. Uh, and um, this is like small um, 
um, educational program for charities and uh, non-profit organizations. Um, and this uh, education program focus on uh, fundraising companies, uh, partnership, uh, reporting. And uh, this is like uh, for uh, to build the good capacity of our organization today. Yeah, so yeah. this time we are going to start it in uh, 10 days uh, and it will be free of charge for each of Ukrainian organization as it's online and uh, every organization could participate. Okay, okay. Yeah, I understand. I guess everyone uh, listening to the, this episode uh, knows um, uh, that fundraising is a, is a real job, of course, and, and you need to, to, to teach people how to do it. And, and, uh, and the more people you teach, uh, the more people are going to uh, do good after. So you were basically doing this job in, in Ukraine. And how, how many people were working for the foundation? Are working? Uh, or? Yeah, there are 19 people in foundation. Yeah. And so we tried oh, yeah. to survive today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, like, Sorry, yeah, we're going to come about what 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 people are going are doing today yeah. and what needs to be done. But uh, just before, can you tell us about the the media of great stories? Just uh, in uh, some, uh, you launched a media with uh, podcasts or yeah. videos. Uh, just can you say a few words about this? Yes, um, our foundation has very strong um, communication trends and uh, we developed our social media we developed our first uh, philanthropy media in ukraine it's called a media of great stories we started a podcast uh and i am a host of podcast and uh, where we present other foundations we present our other approaches and donors um and uh, this is like something new for our country because to have a very, I would say, tasty communication, it's something new for the charity foundations. But this okay. is the main tool uh, of uh, getting your audience. Um, okay. No, no, this, uh, once again, I, I understand very clearly what... Uh, and, and you also help... Um, uh, I mean, the project you were, that the Zagori Foundation was were helping before... Uh, you are also helping direct projects on the field? Yes. Uh, see, uh, the Gori Foundation has their sole source of uh, funds, and it was before war. Uh, so we, uh, we had never uh, done fundraising. Uh, but this time, it, this is my main message for today uh, for international community that the focus of the um, uh, donors in Ukraine um, changed and also even our foundation was affected so the Guri family were to send annual budget uh, to us uh, like to its foundation but um, the war started and they personally spent money of uh, vast hamlets, medicine, and human logistic evacuation. And uh, it's important to understand that the priority today is to defend our country, because if we not defend country, we will not exist. And the, mm, due to our uh, research, the main philanthropist in Ukraine, it's ordinary Ukrainians. And uh, today, Ukrainians, they try to, um, to donate their money to foundations uh, who are working with the army, with protection. And, uh, but the problems, they still exist. Children still die from cancer. Uh, we still have paleotic work and other. And it's very important to understand that um, grassroots organizations uh, today have uh, double work. They do. Oh, so, sorry, the, just for this one, grassroots. Yeah. When you say grassroots organization, you mean so it's local a, it, NGOs. So you you talk about all the NGOs in Ukraine working in Ukraine, uh, run by Ukrainian people. So this is yes. what you call grassroots organization. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, uh, this is right. And uh, grassroots today, they do amazing work. So they continue uh, doing their previous work uh, to try, uh, in, like in the framework of their mission. But at the same time, they have to do some humanitarian aid for their beneficiaries. And uh, everything needs to be funded. And so, so you mean they, they are still active even after the, the, the 24th of February, the starting of the war, uh, all these grassroots uh, NGOs, uh, they, they are still working, they are still trying yes. to help uh, uh, children with cancer or, or what are all, all yeah, the they other... continue. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And sometimes, in our, it's usual, their voices are not often loud enough to be heard both in Ukraine and abroad. And uh, this time, uh, our team uh, collecting the needs of uh, grassroots, of our grant organizations, participants of training programs and partners within, within sector to accumulate requests and um, cover them as efficiently as possible. And uh, thanks to our grant policies and CRM system of the Gori Foundation, we have the capacity to do it transparently and record all the reports. So for the last uh, years, uh, year, we uh, already have uh, more than 500 organizations in our CRM system and more than 500 organizations on a map of good uh, on the Given Tuesday website in Ukraine. And okay. um, we, are, we are doing quite... Um, like I, I would say quite important job today. So uh, we do a collection, like we do data collection within sector. We do data analysis. Uh, we, um, because we have uh, excellent knowledge of se uh, sector and we have uh, expertise in operational management and we have solid communication and connections. So we decided to focus on assisting and coordination on profits organizations today. Oh, okay, so so just let, let me, uh, uh, tell me if I uh, say I understood well. Basically, the the money that was planned uh, for your organization uh, at the beginning of the year, or I, I, I guess for many organizations. Uh, uh, yes. as a grassroots uh, uh, NGOs was yes we, we would like because... to spend uh, yeah. those money on them but our um, like the family decided to spend on protection yeah so... of course so, so the family said the Zagari Foundation said okay uh, we had planned the budget but uh, the priority is to defend the country so this budget is going on what you said so you, you are left you and many NGOs who are working uh, on day-to-day on, on -day, uh, jobs and helping on other things than the, 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 the military, you are left without any resources. And what you are saying is that um, so those, those grassroots NGOs are the ones who, which, which know best how to better help the people in need in, in Ukraine. Uh, maybe yeah. could you explain us more why uh, you see a gap between uh, what a local NGO and an international NGO can bring on the field? There are a lot of uh, international humanitarian organizations already in, in Ukraine, and like Red Cross, UNICEF, uh, but frankly speaking, I still don't see UN humanitarian headquarters in Ukraine. And uh, even Red Cross started to work uh, in uh, 12 days after Russia invasion in Ukraine. So... The grassroots, uh, they are like the, our main hands uh, in the field today. So when, inter when my colleagues from international organizations calls to me and just ask, Zhenya, Bucha uh, doesn't have uh, food, I usually answer like, there is no a green corridor to Bucha, like the lack of access to Bucha. But volunteers are already there. They are waiting for these green corridors. And green corridor should be organized by Red Cross. And this is like many questions to Red Cross today. And um, frankly speaking, if you ask me about 
who could be instead of Red Cross in Ukraine today? I will not answer you because uh, we don't have such big organization in Ukraine. But at mm. the same time, we have uh, small organizations who work around Ukraine. And uh, um, it's very important today to have uh, this coordination of work. Of course, the Hari Foundation will not cover the whole Ukraine, but we know the main stakeholders within sector. We know who are doing what, and for example, who are focusing on humanitarian aid, who are focusing on logistics, who are focusing more on um, medicine or um, integration or education. And this is very important to understand what uh, we are looking for as the GRI Foundation today. So we are looking uh, for funds not to cover the expenses of the GRI Foundation because we have money for our salaries. Uh, and, and as I previously told you that uh, our team um, has um, big expertise uh, within sector. So we want to use our strengths today. But we are looking for funds to continue grant support because it's very important to support um, charities, institutions um, in their uh, capacity uh, yeah. and uh, at the same time to support their beneficiaries. Okay. Okay. And, so, mm-hmm. so sorry. Um, uh, j- just same. Just to 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 rephrase. Uh, just to be sure, I, I I understood well. So you're of course saying that all international uh, uh, foundation, uh, well, international NGOs are doing a great job, and 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 Red Cross uh, uh, is uh, is is mandatory to do things that a local NGO could not do. For example, uh, deal for having a, a green corridor. Uh, that is great, and this is really needed. But once the green corridor is in place, uh, the best one to know exactly what uh, local district needs more, what do they need there, is there clothes needed here or, or, or food needed uh, and, there. And this this can only be done by people who live right. there. Uh, like uh, I, I wanted to say that uh, local grassroots organization, they do the same work as Red Cross should do. Okay. Like red, yes, like uh, Red Cross. Uh, it's uh, Red Cross today doesn't have uh, capacity to implement um, promised services. Yeah, yeah, of course. They, 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 maybe they don't know enough the local field that this can be understood. And, 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 and uh, to be very concrete, if a local NGO receives funds and, and uses it on distributing uh, food, for example. Uh, what will it do with the the money? Uh, because um, maybe we can have the impression that uh, money is difficult to use because there's no transportation or the uh, people are, are are staying in 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 their home or in caves. No, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ukrainians, um, uh, we have very high uh, human capacity in Ukraine, so we have food in Ukraine. We have transport in Ukraine. We just need funds. So just imagine if you uh, call me and say, Zhenya, I have a big truck with the food from Paris and this truck is going to Ukraine uh, for Bucha, for example. And uh, of course, I would say thank you, but it would be better if you send us funds, uh, like send funds to a local NGO or which could buy this food and it will be in a short period of time and they could organize this green corridor and this access to Bucha. But will they have uh, somewhere to, to, if they have the money, they have somewhere to buy the food? The, the food yes, is actually yes. somewhere on a shelf uh, somewhere? Yes, yes, we have food in Ukraine. Uh, they Like, um, not the whole, like, there are some territories which are occupied in Ukraine, but uh, the another territory is not occupied, and uh, the life is still there. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so, um, so we understand very clearly that uh, uh, money is, is is very useful uh, for people and for NGO organization that uh, want to help um, other people. Okay. Uh, and. 
you know, people uh, who, who were working before the war, uh, so let's say an NGO that ha is helping uh, uh, children with having cancer, uh, what are they doing now? Uh, are they still trying to help? You're, you're telling us that they are trying to help, but they have no more fundings to do so. Um, yesterday, I had meeting call with uh, one of the biggest uh, foundations uh, foundation who are dealing with the child cancer and uh, children cancer, and um, they are doing um, uh, logistic um, uh, from Ukraine to European countries and to US. They're trying to help uh, people to move and yeah. uh, to other hospitals. Like it's a, it's a big scope of work. Like you need to um, negotiate with the other hospitals around Ukraine and then move families to, 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 to new hospitals. And um, this is like new expenses uh, to support their living abroad uh, to have money for treatment because not all hospitals could cover the treatments for today. Uh, you need money uh, for logistic and for food. Uh, you, you could imagine how many expenses they have today. And it's yeah. very important to understand that the focus of the uh, support uh, was changed. Like... Uh, yeah, when yeah. it's war, you don't think about children suffering from cancer. No, no, it's it's, it's very clear, and it's um it's a good example. Uh, and, and so, um, and you explained it very clearly. So, what would so so you would like to be the voice the voice sorry of of those NGOs? Uh, is that what you're saying? So, I guess this this NGO uh, helping uh, uh, children mm -hmm. with cancer. Once again, you gave an example. Uh, I guess they didn't have time to, to communicate. Uh, they have a job to do. It's already a very difficult in wartime. And so you are doing, you would like to do more, uh, the communication for them, because it's something you know how to do. Uh, is this correct? Uh, it's very difficult to do, I would say, uh, because uh, there are 11, 11 uh, 19, 19 people in my team. So what we are doing um Yes, we try to do awareness about uh, um, NGO sector uh, in Ukraine. Uh, we try to do awareness abroad. And um, we communicate with uh, many, many international organizations. And we just want them to know that we collect information about organizations in Ukraine. And if you would like to help, we can uh, do informational support for you. For example, you would like to deal with the organization working um, with children and or with women or with the humanitarian aid. We will uh, give you um, transparent and capable organizations uh, to for your collaboration. Or, for example, you want to support very small organizations who doesn't have capacity uh, to uh, do reports. Our organization can organize uh, grant support and we will be responsible for these uh, funds. So we will distribute money um, to uh, small organizations and then organize all reports from them. So to be transparent today, it's very important because it's a part of our communication and we just uh, need to remember about it. Okay, so uh, and so you help the local NGO to do the reporting, for example, um, because it was your job already before the war, so you know to do this very well. And and yes. and, and and the job of your team. When I say you, it's of course all your your mm -hmm. team uh, also. And and do you, for example, do you understand why it's important to do these reporting, or do you consider them as a, a waste of time during a war time? Uh, no, uh, reporting, it's a part of transparency. It's a part of partnership. Uh, it's important, uh, but also it's important to understand that we need to 
lay down the uh, bureaucracy. It's important to understand that um, um, we need to have some another approaches um, between in this partnership. So we could not spend a lot, uh, like a lot. Uh, we could not spend our time just to do. Um, reporting yeah of course it's a part of communication but uh, we should change something and this is also the part of our communication with the uh, international uh, organizations we we try to deliver the information that uh, it's uh, it's not normal when you uh, give answer in uh, three weeks because you need to think just because it is a real war and we need to react uh, as possible as we can. Yeah, of course. So, so um, what you're saying is that, it, you, of course, you understand it's important. It's important to reporting. It's uh, you understand it's it takes time to uh, make a decision on uh, what budget you could uh, give to an NGO, etc., etc. Uh, and this, you are ready to to well, you, you know why it's important. Yes. Uh, and mm -hmm. and uh, you, but in more time. You have to find the right uh, the right way of doing it. Uh, of course, you you can't do as much reporting as if uh, uh, you had more time uh, in front of you. Uh, this uh, I guess we can understand, and I guess that any uh, international fund, if they uh, work directly with an NGO, uh, they are going to have this problem. Oh, can you explain what you did? How do I know that uh, uh, the fund are going to the money is going to the right place? Um, so they're going to have this conversation with everyone. Mm -hmm. So you are doing this and you have the process and you, uh, you, you have experience on this. So uh, that's why you think you can be useful. Yes, it's, it's very important. I understand there are a lot of frauds. And uh, in this time could be people who would like to use this opportunity. Uh, that is why it's important to have an um, informational partner. And we offer international organizations um, that Zaguri Foundation could be uh, not only a grant partner, we could be an informational partner. We could provide uh, information about organizations. Uh, maybe some international organization would like to work directly, not through some, like, I would say, grant hubs, for example. Okay. Okay, and yeah, I understand. You can you can also make uh, just the connection between the uh, the funds and the and the yes. local NGO. Or, or everything is possible. You can do the go between, or you can make just people work together and present them to each other. Everything is possible. And, and can you give us a, an example, maybe of a of, of of an international organization you are helping now to to help Ukraine? Have you got example now on the field? Ah, uh, yes. Uh we have a lot of requests of uh, diaspora. and uh, like, When you say diaspora, uh, you mean Ukrainian people? Uh, Ukrainian in, people yeah. who lived abroad like uh, okay. for many, many uh, years. Um, uh, right now, uh, we have... Uh, we, we collaborate with the affiliate. Uh, we provide information from Ukraine to them and uh, I know so they are... Just can, can you remind uh, people what Filia is? Filia is a, Euro, it's a previous name European Foundation Center. Uh, they united with the Daphne uh, a half year ago and right now it's Philanthropic European Association. Okay. Yes, and uh, this association included included includes more than 40 other um, European foundations, and this is very important. Uh, not to speak to uh, everybody individual, but to have a joint Zoom meetings where we can describe what we can propose, propose uh, what we can offer you, and then uh, those organizations just write us. Uh, some of them want to have only interview or they're like uh, I would say we have not we don't have many requests today uh, from international organizations because a lot of them are waiting for the 
long-term projects. Uh, Not every organization would like to have with the humanitarian aid. And um, and this is also on like normal situation. If organization dealing with the education, they are like waiting for the recovering process of Ukraine, and they are collecting money for this uh, part of work. Yes. And uh, they, some of them, already contacted with us, and we um, uh, collected. Um, organizations from Ukraine which are dealing with education, for example. Uh, right now, we are working with the Choose Love organization. We are working with the uh, Giving Tuesday movement around Ukraine. It's more than 150 um, countries. Um, and um, and how, how do you how do you contact them? All these organizations like Filia, yes. for example, uh, um, do, do do you contact them? Do they do they contact you? How do you how does it work? Uh, so uh, according uh, Given Tuesday movement, we have a chat uh, in uh, WhatsApp, and uh, there are more than uh, two hundred people, uh, and uh, we uh, just write in this chat uh, with. We keep in touch with them. They, um, the global office already sent money to our foundation uh, to support uh, grant organizations like a grant contest. Um, uh, we uh, collaborate with the CAF. We collaborate with the um, global giving. So it's a long process. It's not like. Uh, you will not communicate in a short time. So to see the real impact, what I'm saying about impact, like the funds for grassroots, uh, we need to do a lot. Like, first of all, to write um, many, many mails, <laughs> that's possible. Uh, then to communicate with everybody who responded to us. Then to have Zooms then describe what we can do or how we can collaborate. Uh, for example, uh, we, uh, we, um, we received a very good offer from a Global Bloggers Award, and it's going to be a big event uh, in May, and they uh, would like to do fundraising campaign during this event, and they want our foundation to uh, be the main uh, recipient of the money. So, what event? Sorry, what, what event is it? Uh, Global uh, Bloggers Award. Okay. Where, where, what country is it? Is it in? Uh, it, it will be in Monaco. In Monaco. Okay. It will be in Monaco, and uh, our team already uh, collected um, other uh, foundations to whom we will distribute this money. And then, uh, right now, we are, um, pre- we are in a preparation process. So we are trying, we are dealing with the website, which will be dedicated to this event. And then, uh, when we raised money, uh, when uh, we will have uh, reports on this website. So we will show um, in the pictures uh, our financial uh, reports, how we distribute money, what uh, organization done, uh, and we will broadcast like everything, like every hour step. Okay. So so I understand that there are many things happening already, of course. Uh, yes. it, it's Everything is organizing uh, you're you're ready, but you're you're also a bit discovering the new processes uh, in in this wartime. But uh, there are things happening. But you are ready to receive even more, of course, and and to to go another step uh, forward. Um, uh, maybe let, just let's talk about after the war. Um, I don't know if it's too soon to to pronounce these words, but what, what do you think will be the the first priorities for NGOs? You talk about education, for example. Uh, do we do you need to be ready for this right now, or or you say yes. we will see this after? Yes. See, uh, when I am talking about humanitarian aid, uh, I don't mean um, like food. I mean um, integration. 
I mean a temporary accommodation. I mean uh, medicine access. I mean uh, education. So there are more than 700 um, schools uh, destroyed and totally destroyed is uh, 75. So you could imagine what uh, disaster in education we have. Yeah. And also, uh, if to talk, so right now, like Ukraine has 24 regions and um, 11 uh, started uh, to um, to study remotely, like indistantly. So children um, could have their lessons uh, in telephones, but yeah. uh, you could imagine that teachers, uh, children, they are ordinary people and they are also suffering today. And uh, to start normally uh, to work, uh, you, you need to recover your, your mental health. Um, and also, it's a, sometimes it's a lack of internet or lack of uh, access uh, to equipment. So it's a total disaster in infrastructure and educational process today. Um, a lot of people, like 13 million, are already displaced. Like Bucha, Hostomel, Mariupol, Kharkiv, totally destroyed. You could imagine, like, um, totally destroyed cities. You will not come back. You will not... Um, like you, you need um, a house to live, even a tiny house. At the same time, you need to have work. You need to have school or kindergarten for your child. And um, like right now, we are living with the wish that we would like to win, and we believe we will win, because Ukrainian they are fighters, and we are fighting for our independence. We are fighting for European peace and we are fighting for world freedom. We believe we will yeah. get victory. And then we will think about repairing process. And Reconstruction I, of and, course, right. yes, uh, I totally uh, sure that we will have um, world support. We already have support. Uh, from the world, like world stands uh, with the Ukraine and just want you to think about it, that world speaks about Ukraine, but not about Russia, because Ukraine, it's about future. It's about how to to fight for your freedom. And um, I think it will be from the governmental uh, level, like uh, the financial support, because we need to rebuild all our roads, uh, many villages, many cities, then technical support. Um, yes, anyway. I, I guess the government will do the, the big stuff, infrastructures, uh, maybe uh, hospitals uh, will take care of this. Yes. But of course, they, they can't take care of uh, every... Uh, uh, kind of different NGOs or everything needs to be done. Once again, grassroots NGOs are the ones who know better the field and who know better the needs. So they will need to have support also, of course. Uh, and just uh, maybe it's, it's uh, really small details, but we talked a lot about, um, about crypto money. Uh, did, uh, did you collect any crypto money? Is it something you looked at or no? It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's too new and, and you didn't look at this... Uh, type of uh, giving um, um, I know that Ukrainian organization uh, already used uh, the crypto wallet uh, as I told you previously uh, the Gori Foundation uh, didn't uh, do the fundraising campaigns but it's the first time when we opened our uh, bank accounts uh, to support uh, grant uh, support for organizations so, so um, we are in the process of having our personal uh, crypto wallet, and I think in a week we will have it. Okay, okay. So um, this is maybe something you 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 will communicate all, uh, on also. Okay. Um, okay, engineer. It, it, it's time to to conclude soon. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm trying to do like episodes around one hour. We we are nearly here. Uh, just 
I want to come back a bit about yourself and, and your personal life and, and decision to stay in Ukraine. Uh, well, we understand uh, when listening to you uh, what a fighter you are and, and, and you think what you think about the Ukrainian uh, fighting spirit. But can, can you explain why you decided to stay in Ukraine with your family? Uh, whatever the difficulties uh, were. Uh, it's quite difficult to stay in Ukraine. And uh, it's not safe for my child. Uh, but this is my personal statement. Uh, I would like to stay till the end. Uh, of course, if it be a bomb shelling, I will be going abroad. But it's a, for me, it's important to stay and to help uh, where I am now. Even if I communicate uh, in Zoom, uh, it's important for me to show um, the Ukraine, like, Uh, how it looks like today. And uh, frankly speaking, uh, it's very difficult to be a leader today within even charitable sector because at the same, I am a mom and at the same, I am a leader. And this is very difficult to choose the right way to live or to yeah. stay. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's... Uh... Impossible decision, but well, it, it's um, you, you, you decided to stay. And, and uh, but do, do you think it's possible for someone that uh, who isn't uh, hasn't never been in a war to understand what a war is? It's not a conflict. It's not a crisis. It's you know, it's a real war. People die. Um, I mean, can you say today, for example, uh, two months after the beginning of the war, that you you knew before the before what a war was? Or, or no, it's impossible mm -hmm. to imagine before you no, are actually it's, in it? It's impossible. I think, you know, the uh, war started in Ukraine is eight years ago, and it was on the well, uh, eastern part of Ukraine. But I continued to live my ordinary life, and I understood that, yes, some of uh, my Ukrainians uh, were killed there, but uh, I didn't feel it. And when the war came to my life, I became to understand that it's not far from me. It's, it's already here. And um, it, it's, um, you will not understand this feeling. And I'm thanks to God that you don't understand it. And I can describe how it's uh, difficult to live in such circumstances and how it became ordinary for me to see the killed bodies uh, on my usual roads. Mm, but it's far from you. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Can, can you can you tell us maybe a few, a few words about your your relationship with with Russia with Russian people? Do, do you still have Russian friends you talk with or or no? Frankly speaking, it was my position eight years ago to finished. I would say uh, any relationships with the. Uh, Russian um, friends, uh, but um, I, I know that some of uh, I know that people think that uh, Ukrainians um, doesn't uh, do not like people who speaks Russian language. I would say it's not true. Uh, my husband is totally Russian-speaking person, and we've been uh, together for uh, 12 years, and he still speaks Russia, Russian uh, language. Uh, so Ukraine is a um, country of freedom. You can choose uh, language uh, what you want. Uh, you, so, you speak Russian, for example. Can you speak Russian? Did uh, you learn Russian? Uh, yes, yes, I know Russian language, but uh, I think uh, in my mind in Ukrainian, and Ukrainian is my native uh, language. Okay. Okay, and and we we also hear um, um, Russian NGOs, who uh, Russian organization, who uh, can be complaining that uh, international help has stopped. Uh, can you understand these complaints or, or no? Um, you know, four, uh, four weeks ago, I had uh, one 
public discussion and European public discussion. And they invited uh, my colleague, whom I know from Russia. Uh, and I said, like, I'm not against this person. But uh, she, even she against Putin, this is not Putin's war. 81% of the citizens in uh, Russia support Putin and his uh, activities in Ukraine. Everybody pays um, taxes. And by paying taxes, you support the Putin regime. And guys, they are killing people in Ukraine. They are raping women in Ukraine. They are killing our children. And yes, it's quite far from you, but it's the center of Europe in 2022. And I just want international community to understand there is no place today for Russian to discuss about their positions, even in NGO sphere. Just forget about it. Because they need to understand what uh, disaster they brought to the world. And they need to, they really need to understand it. Uh, but I don't think that they understand it. You don't think it's enough? Yeah, of course, there's, there's a lot of sanction, etc. But uh, you think that uh, more can be done. Okay, this uh, I, I, I understand. And I, and I guess everybody uh, hearing can understand your, your feelings. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you have people or organizations... Last question and then uh, uh, we, will, uh, we will stop. Do, do you have people or organizations uh, that say to you... Uh, I mean, international organization who say, uh, oh, we are, we are standing with you, we feel for you, but uh, actually, okay, you, you like it, but you, if you don't receive money, uh, it's not very not any help for you. Uh, does it annoy you to, to, to hear this or, or no, you can understand and you're still um, my, happy my, to have empathy? Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Uh, the first and the main purpose of my work today is to do awareness. It's the main, because uh, if uh, organization could not provide funds, it's okay. But this organization could do, uh, could, could do what they could. Like uh, they can share about in information about Ukraine, about uh, organizations, or they can introduce us to their partners, for example. Um, sometimes um, people ask me what I'm going to do if Russia gets victory? And this is quite strange question for me because, um, because the world sees how Ukraine is fighting today. And uh, there is no scenario where Russia uh, will get victory. And this is my statement. I believe in it. And um, when people ask me in this way, I like it made me clear understand that the world is very far from you yeah, yeah. Uh, okay okay well it's you know by telling uh, like you are doing now um, the maximum of people that um, that uh, and spreading awareness of course that uh, that uh, that's the i mean uh, 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 it's the best thing you can do i guess uh, and that's what you're doing and that's great uh, and if I, anyone can help and of course, you 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 would be uh, very happy about this. Well, okay, Virginia, um, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you. Uh, of course, there's a, a big sense of frustration for for me, and uh, I'm sure there will be also for the listeners who are in, in the position who are not in the position to help directly. But uh, even uh, if it gets you just one contact that can offer helps, uh, I mean, this podcast will have been. Uh, useful. Uh, so if we as fundraisers in our European organization want to help uh, people that are in a real war, I think you gave us uh, uh, very good ideas on how we could help. Uh, of course, there are uh, many NGOs helping already, uh, uh, like you, you mentioned. Some people do already a fantastic job, but uh, we can understand how it's never enough when you are on the bombs and, and, and seeing seeing people you love being killed. Uh, so, Eugenia, thanks again. Um, and, and for people listening who are in position of offering help to Eugenia, and like she said, it's okay, it's money, is it's the best, but awareness is also very important. So if you think that uh, you can spread the words or you want to 
discuss with Eugenia how you can help her and what uh, what words you should use, etc. etc. Of course, she's uh, very happy um, to uh, to help you. Uh, don't hesitate to contact her. I will put the details uh, of your contacts uh, in in the podcast. Uh, I guess Eugenia, what the best way to contact you is it on LinkedIn or what is the best way to to find um, find you? I, I am everywhere. Uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> Facebook, mail. So I I try to respond very quickly. Well, it's Eugenia Mazurenko. Uh, where once again, the the description and the, the contact will be in the description of the podcast, so you will find her very easily. Eugenia, uh, thanks again, and um, I'm not sure what I can wish you, but uh, of course we are together. Well, we are we are we are with you in 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 all this, and uh, I hope I can see you uh, in person uh, very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations, you have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, just uh, ask me as a friend on LinkedIn or you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website that's uh, fidelis-cc.fr EFA. I am David Kleshman and I will see you soon for the next episode.